Hello and welcome to Let the Bird Fly, a podcast about living freely. In a world given back to us, this is Wade here in the podcast studio, joined by my dear friend and colleague, the Reverend, the Doctor, Michael Berg. Um, we are without the Reverend Professor, Jason Oakland, who is teaching college 101, which I'm sure is a special joy for him, and he is unable to join us, but we do have a guest who I will let Michael introduce in just a moment. Um, let the Bird Fly is part of the 1517 Podcasting Network. I encourage you to go to 1517.org. Check out all the stuff there. Uh, a couple notes for stuff coming up. The Here We Still Stand conference is sold out, uh, the conference in San Diego, um, but you can tune in online uh, with free live streaming which you can find in the show notes or at 1517. Um, you can register for that free live stream of the conference, which will take place from October 26th to October 28th. If you're out there, Michael will be out there. He will wave hello. I will be in Pennsylvania, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, for Reformation, and Ziggy and I will be driving right. out. And Jason's going to be in Minnesota. Yeah, we're all going to be gone. Oh, man. And uh, I'm going to be driving out with Ziggy. We're going to drive through <coughs> Pittsburgh. And uh, see the stadiums. And then Philly might be in the World Series. We might go to Philly and be part of a riot, depending on how the game goes. I feel like if they win or lose, you could still have a riot in Philly. That's not about fair? Yeah, well you, this weekend you go to East Lansing to transfer. There's right. nothing going on worthwhile. In East. I told you last night, the, the big game already happened. Michigan State Volleyball <coughs> defeated me. Michigan in four sets. You know, it's going to uh, be a good rivalry. Big rivalry year. game. I think I pretty much should get the trophy. Matt, Matt Scharf is our guest. We'll introduce him in a second. Hi, but if you, walk, you walk past the uh, Paul Bunyan trophy, the replica between Michigan and Michigan State, which is on display because Michigan's playing Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the, the little brown jug was out last week, and I, Jason yeah, I did not it. get that. Yeah, I'm more intrigued about the thought of you and your son getting to Philly and flipping over some cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I... Uh, it could be fun. I, I think I'm, I might practice climbing like light posts. Remember how they grease the light posts so that people <laughs> can't climb them? I I feel like it, I think it, that may that would be the reason why you wouldn't be able to get up there. Uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> two <laughs> hands full of Crisco. Yeah, <laughs> back to fifteen seventeen. You can get free uh, Advent resources for this coming Advent there as well. Um, the clothing of the King is a new free resource for churches, and then there is the. Northwest Arkansas Conference, which will be coming up May 3rd and 4th. You can find out more information if you would like to register for that. There is more in the show notes. With that being said, our topic today, I will let Michael introduce, but we are going to be talking about Luther's flood prayer, which if you have seen a baptism now that uses the new hymnal, that bad boy is in there, and maybe your pastor chose to use it. It was in the occasional services before, but now it's right yeah. in the hymnal for the baptismal, right? Is it truncated or is it the whole thing? I, I believe it's a little truncated, yeah, but okay. still. It's close, I think. Yeah. It, um, we'll have to take, I think we have a hymnal. I'm not positive, yeah, and I hate to tell tales outside of school. Right. Well, you we'll know tell, me, Michael. We will, we will figure this out. Okay, I'm going to go ahead and, and throw it to you, Michael, to both <laughs> introduce our topic a little more yes, and introduce our guest. And we have to remember because we, our guest associate pastor texted and noted we did not read the disclaimer for the live podcast, so we were, in fact, responsible for everything we said. Oh, boy. So we will want to remember that, too. Okay, so um, Matthew Scharf, profess, or professor, pastor Matthew Scharf. I mean, I'll, I'll take me. it yeah, if you're you given. We'll you, know. Uh, you know, I'll give you an honorary professorship. Thank you. I, I, also, give you, will, I also will give you an honorary I, professorship. Oh, yeah? 
I'll give you an honorary doctorate. Boom. Well, there it there is. is. Consider it bestowed. Yeah. Um, now wait, I'm going to put that on so my So what kind of doctorate card. are you giving? <laughs> I, can only give, I can only give a doctor a ministry. I so I will give you a PhD <laughs> in right, history. There you go. Whoa, I'm just raking them in here. I should come here more often. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Don't worry, Jason can only give you an STM. <laughs> <laughs> I'd take that too. With glad thanks. From an unaccredited <laughs> institution. <laughs> um, well, all right. Uh, Matthew Sharp, pastor of Grace Downtown, as we call it in Milwaukee, Grace Lutheran in downtown, was was a pastor in Manhattan for how many years? Seven. Yeah, and uh, uh, beautiful Manhattan. Kansas, Co- that is. Oh, that's right, Kansas. The Manhattan, Little Apple. Can- the yes, Little Apple, It's yes. affectionately known, yeah. A uh, good college town, Kansas oh, yeah. State. Yeah. And so was there for, and was a, 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 what we call a tutor, but would, would have taught college. So you were a professor. Yeah, well, Martin take, Luther, yeah, sure. Martin Luther College for a few years there in in New Ulm, Minnesota. So, um, friend, colleague, uh, road trip partner yep. to uh, Was to it eight Wade nine and I. hours to Nebraska. Yeah, eight. We've well, going through Reagan's boyhood hometown. The three of us so drove added there. Added a few extra minutes. Yeah, I was in the back seat, and at one point I heard, um, I don't think we're on the freeway anymore. Because <laughs> we were, there were, I think you guys saw like a garage, a house with a garage, <laughs> and you're like, I don't think we're on the freeway anymore. I don't think house, I don't think driveways connect right to the interstate. Yeah. But yeah. We so were lost in conversation. off, though. It was yeah. fortuitous. We were lost in conversation, just having a, a grand and, old time. Uh, uh, found some, some Reagan history along the way. I yeah. was not lost in conversation because you know what I was doing, Michael? You are reading my paper. I was reading your, my book. your book yeah, that will be right. coming out, yeah. which was very good. Thank you. But then later I was lost in conversation, which I think everyone regretted. That's right. That's right. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. um, uh, this, is, uh, this is an honor for us to have you, to, to have you here. Oh, and, glad uh, to be here. You, you came in and preached at our uh, institution here for our chapel last week. Last week? That's right. And showed, I was showing off the... Uh, <clears throat> the uh, podcast studio and, and you and you saw the uh the, the different episode ideas and, you, and i said when do you want to come on you're like i'm gonna we're gonna do that one that's what we, we kind of decided we'll do yeah. that one yeah. and so luther's flood prayer which is a part of his baptismal right that's what we're gonna we're gonna talk about today so uh uh pastor sharf though why don't you just like you know what give me something about you that we haven't already said you married you got children what's what's your you like long walks on the beach i mean who are you that's uh, thank you for asking. Uh, yeah, I am. I am married. My wife's name is Rachel, and we have four kids, aged uh, six, four, two, and one. Mm-hmm. You know, pushing right seven, there. pushing five, pushing three, and you know all that jazz. Um, yeah, three years in New Ulm, seven years in Manhattan. Great times. Been here for about three and a half months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, you know, I some people ask when they're getting to know you, what are your hobbies? And I don't think I have any. And that you know that kind of scares you a little bit, but <laughs> I should be more interested in things other than yeah. you know work. Theology, yeah, uh, cooking. I like cooking. Yeah, you know, um, hanging out outside with the kids and stuff. So, yeah, I'm kind of the same way to the point where I fear retirement more than I fear death. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. You'll find some. I whenever people say they're retired, I always my line is, "Hey, I hear that's a full time gig," <laughs> and without exception, all of them say, "Oh yeah, it is." Yeah, you it's, know. Busy. Yeah, it's yeah, busy. It's busy. I'm sure stuff. I will be. Yeah. Um, so good. And uh, before we get any further, we have to remind you that this show doesn't speak for our churches or church bodies, or our employers. To be honest, much of the time, it probably doesn't speak for us. We will be thinking out loud a lot. So approach what you hear with a healthy skepticism, because well, as a responsible resident of planet Earth. That's probably what you should generally do with almost everything. 
If you find yourself getting too worked up, tune out, look around, and realize you were just listening to a podcast. That's right, a podcast. So go live free, friends, and don't let us get in the way. us to our free-for-all where we discuss the pressing issues of the day Um, and we had a number of free-for-all ideas that flowed out of our uh, 16, 17, 18 hours together in Mike's, I would say, very nice. Um, Was it a Jeep Grand Cherokee? Yeah, it was. Jeep Grand Cherokee. leather in there. It was. Mm -hmm. It was very comfortable. Although in the front seat, for some reason, there was a bunch of cranberries the whole trip. Or, um, <laughs> Those are dried cranberries. They're, dried they're cranberries. called craisins is <laughs> the brand name. But um, when we were on our uh, kind of tourist um, tangent of the trip through Regan's uh, boyhood home, we stopped at a gas station. I believe it was in that section of the trip. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right, I think. And... Um, and uh, we were stretching our legs, getting fresh air, and uh, I don't—I must have been the first one outside. And and uh, our esteemed guest today came out and looked very perplexed, like like he was facing a, a very serious case of casuistry. His conscience was working overtime, and he said, "If I don't buy the shirt, I'm going to regret it." And I thought, okay, there must be some shirt in there. It's a pretty expensive, expensive shirt. <laughs> and I asked how much it was, and I believe it was $5. I think it was, it was 5 It was in know. a bargain bin. Um, and so then, I don't know why I went in. I went in after, and then I saw the, the shirt bin, and I and I came back out. And I said, eh, I think you can probably swing it. you know. And, and I believe he said, we just moved. We just got rid of a bunch of stuff. You know, I'm not sure I want to Not as much as we probably shirt. should have. And I, I can't remember exactly what the shirt said, but... Throughout the rest of the trip, the shirt came up a few times, I would say, with um, pangs of regret. Yeah. Uh, and so maybe a good free-for-all, briefly, will be we can unpack this shirt. But what was our maybe favorite novelty T-shirt we've owned, if we've ever owned one, or something like that? Maybe a hat, maybe a shirt. I have something that comes to mind for me, for sure, from high school. Um, but why don't we get the, the story of the shirt first? What was this T-shirt? Yeah, so we got out of the car, and what first struck me about this this place was the name of it. It wasn't a Speedway yeah. or a Quick Trip or a Quick Star. It, what was, it was like Road Ranger Warrior. something. Ranger, Warrior Ranger. Road Ranger maybe, or Road Ranger, Ranger Rob. Or and the, the logo was a horse that mm-hmm. seemed to be moving forward quickly, so that was kind of fun. <laughs> Which doesn't run on gas. Yeah, you know, so they're kind of shooting themselves in the foot there <laughs> right. in terms of advertising. But anyways, <laughs> walk inside, you see this massive crate, uh, you know, bargain bin. Mm-hmm. At its finest of T-shirts, and I saw this. Is were there guns in that store too? Was that or um, there was ammo or something? Or it, Road Ranger? What was it? Road Ranger. Road I remember Ranger? us coming in, and there was something that was not gas normally in a gas station in there. I want to say it was weapons, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, maybe <laughs> a machete or something. <laughs> yeah, it could have been some knives right. behind the glass case. Anyways, pick one up just to see what what could be found in the bargain bin, and it was it was a black T-shirt with a little emblem on like the the left peck, you know, the left chest. 
of the front and the back was a full logo. And I'm going to try to remember it here. It was a it was a big rig, a semi, and an eagle was perched on the big rig, and the American flag figured prominently in the landscape somewhere. It was remember. pretty glorious. How yeah. Was laid out. yeah. And what was the line? It did it say? I don't think it said "keep on trucking." I think it like it said "live to live to ride" or something yeah. like that. I think it was lived because "keep on trucking" is how Mike signed a book for me once, and <laughs> that's one of my favorite phrases now. And so I think that would have made it. I yeah. would have told you you had to buy. Yeah, it. Yeah, you would have bought that. it for me, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So I would have bought one myself as well. So yes. at my my knee, we should have all three bought one. That could have bonded us. We could have we could worn be wearing them, today. them right now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, if any, if any of the listeners are having to drive through, what was it, Dixon, Dixon Illinois, Illinois. <laughs> Dixon, Illinois. <laughs> to the Road Ranger or Warrior, whatever it was? Um, so yeah, then I come, you know, my my knee jerk with those kinds of things, a good a good deal, the bargain at twice the price. I thought I should buy two. Just when the first one wears out, mm-hmm. I'll be prepared. Mm-hmm. But then I walked out and you know started thinking. Yeah, we just moved, and you don't realize how much stuff you have until you have to put it all in boxes mm-hmm. and lift it and carry it. And so I was thinking, well, it'll be a nice memory, but mm-hmm. what could have been? Yeah. I guess yeah. we'll never know. So I thought we were going to go with, like, best, uh, you know, craziest gas station purchase. So I Googled that. That would be fine if you want to go with No, that I, I couldn't find. I was hoping to find a list, but it, it nothing popped up. Oh, well, I thought you meant, like, one yeah. that you had made at a no, gas station. Yeah. But then just to give ideas of crazy uh, stuff. But I like your T-shirt idea. Yeah. My T-shirt would be, um, so in high school, uh, my father took me to a Pat Buchanan presidential rally. Really? When he, he was running against George H.W. I thought, I thought your, your dad would have leaned Democrat. I wanted to go. Okay. I was raised in a union family, yes. And um, I, was, I, was, I was smitten with Pat Buchanan at the time. He's running against Bush. Um, he was a uh, interesting yeah, okay. dude. He yeah, was writing okay. newspaper articles, yeah. whatever, you know. And so I thought, I want to go see. This was my first ever political rally I'd been to. And I was going mostly as an observer. Yeah. Um, and it was everything I dreamed of. <laughs> mostly was, as an observer? You weren't asked to present anything? Or? No, but it was... Uh, <laughs> Let's see where this kid thinks. <laughs> it was spectacle, and it was glorious. And I got there. This was when um, uh, who Greenpeace had Save the Whales was a big thing. Oh, yeah. You know, you'd have Earth Day and Save the Whales. And there was a white shirt with a green box on it, like Greenpeace, and it said, save the males. <laughs> and, yes. like, well, that would have been, was that 92? Ahead when, of its time. Was that 92, 92 when Buchanan yeah, was running? Yeah, yeah. Right, because 96 was Clinton. Yep. Or, Maybe 92 was Clinton also. Because Clinton beat Bush. Yeah, in 92. Yeah, because, yeah, Reagan was done in 88, so Bush was a one-term president. So this would have been 92. So this is this is 14-year-old, 15-year-old Wade. Mm-hmm. And I thought this is this is a great shirt, and I remember really enjoying wearing that to high school sometimes. <laughs> um, so that would, and I don't know where it is now. Yeah. It's it's with my college shirt somewhere. Yeah. Um, it, but uh, but that mine would be my best novelty T-shirt would have been the uh, yeah. the Save the Males. Yeah. Who who to be fair in nineteen ninety two the males had it pretty rough. Yeah, they it did. was it was tough they being did. one of us. That's right, especially in nineteen ninety two. Can I can I tell you ones that I want to have? Yeah, if there's nothing that comes to mind that you yeah. do have, I think it's fine. Um, I always wanted to have one like I was the Malavictorian of my high school class. <laughs> Just be funny. Uh. Um, or I almost made this one, but I, I, it was one of the same thing as you. I, it was a time when, like, I really can't be spending this money. So we were uh, a couple of friends of ours uh, who li- happened to live in Nebraska at the time. Got tickets to Nebraska-Michigan football. And so I drove down there. We went to Lincoln for this game. 
And if you remember, in 1997, uh, there was a split national championship between Michigan and Nebraska. So I was going to have a sweet moment to be able to share. That just like was maize and blue and said, undisputed national champions, Michigan, 1997. Just walk around Lincoln with that (laughs) and see what happens. But I didn't spend the money. It was also like zero degrees out, so it wasn't going to work. Yeah. And the Nebraska people are too nice to even yeah, get it. Yeah, they're kind. They're kind it people. It just wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't, they're wouldn't having their, uh, What's the deal with their hot dogs? They're red or something, right? I remember Peel used to go get these special hot dogs. And mm. they were, oh, yeah. They were red. They weren't like the normal hot dogs. Just like color. the bright red casing. Yeah. Them, red hots. Yeah. They're just eating their red hots and chilling. Yeah. They're yeah. good. Nice people. The, uh, my dad had one. So my dad was a trucker. Oh, so he'd appreciate the shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he had one that I believe it had a pickup truck on it. And it, or not a pickup, a, a semi, mm-hmm. an 18 wheeler. And it said, uh, Heaven doesn't want me, then hell's afraid I'll take over. <laughs> <laughs> he, always, uh, he always liked that one. So. That one's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> well, if, uh, what does it have to do with trucking? Uh, Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, on a related note, I don't know what it is, but on, on, on social media, you know, the algorithm, I'm, I'm convinced it's listening and, you know, populating yeah. your feed with things that you talk about. Uh, I don't know if it was so linked up time-wise, but for some reason the past couple months I've been getting ads for like little videos of, hey, this is a page suggested for you, and it's like big rig driving, nice. 18-wheel, like, so, huh. It maybe he knew that you just took a job offer and like, oh, buyer's remorse, maybe he wants a new career. <laughs> you know, it was a, um, I don't know if it was the name of the show, but my brother and I used to play in my dad's pickup as a kid about semi-trucks. Do you remember, uh, was it BJ and the Bear? Where the guy had a monkey, he drove a semi around with a monkey. Um, Didn't Reagan act opposite a monkey? Yeah, I believe so. Me. We're just we're just tying this all back. Oh, the, to, yeah, to do, you, do you have any T-shirt ideas? Yeah. I, well, I Four own. Seasons, BJ and the Bear. There's the the monkey. Was that? And he was a tr- semi driver, and he had a monkey. <laughs> and then, so we would like climb in the window in that, like the back, you know, the sliding mm. window of this old like must have been equivalent of like a. Chevy Silverado from like the the seventies, and uh, and we'd fight over who got to be the monkey. <laughs> I think the bear was the monkey, and that it was funny because he was the bear, but he was he was actually a monkey. He was actually a monkey. Yeah, it was pretty good humor. That's just and hard he's right. See, he's wearing clothes. He's got a shirt and a hat. Even oh, an animal. It's like he's a person. People. That's yeah. just too much. Classic isn't it? humor. That's just too much. Uh, All right, do we? T-shirts, you asked? Um, I had a lot of T-shirts. I, I, I own <laughs> lots of T-shirts, which is partly what prevented me from buying two of the yeah. ones in that da- gas station. But Oh, because your wife would have been like, don't you have enough? Oh, or no, you just she, your, no, your she wouldn't say, Nah, you know, it was one of those. It was a foolish thing. I knew it right away. But anyways, now I'm going to have to drive down there. That's just all there is to it. Any, I um, I owned, I think I still have Maybe they have a website. Boxes. <laughs> I don't know if I... Well, yeah, if they maybe. do, I bet it's like... Like old school, like, like a blue background, like nineties, like green like, font on it. Yeah, and, and like the pop up ads just keep coming. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had a a t shirt that was the, the Mr. Bubbles logo, the bubble bath. Uh, sure. I thought that was kind of fun. Yeah. It said the the catch line was makes getting clean almost as much fun as getting dirty. And then I thought, well, you know, as you get older, like you know, just don't broadcast this so much. But right. mm-hmm. I also had a t shirt that was. That had Gumby on it, Gumby mm. and Pokey, but Gumby and Pokey were made of kind of hard plastic material, and so when you washed it, they would kind of crinkle up a little bit, and they would kind of pull, and 
I don't know where I got these. I also had one that was it was I, I went on the to Wisconsin State Fair on the last day when they had the fire sale and all their apparel. And for a few bucks, I got a T-shirt that had the cre- a cream puff on the front, and on the back had the recipe to make I don't know like twenty thousand <laughs> cream puffs. You know, <laughs> like I should dig that one. Four hundred pounds of flour. Yeah, that was that. about it. That's funny. <laughs> the uh, I do feel like that's something as you get older, your T-shirt game just slides. Yeah. The, uh, we should let's just say they don't always look as as nice as they did when you were eighteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On the on the frame, that's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So. As a, as a kid, I maybe was it third grade or so. I one of my older siblings had gone to a spring break destination and had come back with a box filled with you know promotional T-shirts, and um, he gave them to the younger ki- siblings. Oh, this is so fun. And I spent pr- the better part of maybe when I was a third grader that whole year wearing the same T-shirt, <laughs> just in different, you know, I'd pick a different out of the box. And yeah. yeah. Do you remember, though, how big a deal that was back in the day when you got, well, and we had uniforms when I, where I went to grade school because I went to Catholic school. And so we had brown pants, brown tie, white shirt, but then you would get, like, the days where you didn't have to wear the uniform. And, like, your T-shirt was a big deal. Like, you, you, you were strutting, yeah. yeah, like, this was, so you wore a funny one or, like, your sport, like... I was outnumbered. Detroit area back in the day was a lot of Michigan fans. Mm-hmm. And so I, you'd wear like a Sparty thing mm-hmm. or, you know, like that was a big deal. And so when you got like from a destination mm-hmm. or like a funny one or whatever, like that was a. I remember eating a, a Bart Simpson t-shirt. Oh, big those deal. were big. I that had a Bart Simpson. That was a big deal yeah. for me in whatever grade. I think yeah. mine said eat my shorts. There you go. Oh, my. And then I remember the school cracked down on uh Sister Claudine cracked down on shorts um, eating. Saint eat my shorts. Yeah, <laughs> can't have it. Not going to do it. That was apparently crossing the line of yeah. what was appropriate speech. Yeah. All right, should we make our way? We're twenty-two minutes in. Yep. Should we I make keep our talking way to talking t-shirts? The if you want, this <laughs> I feel far more. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, why don't we go ahead and make our way to the main topic, Michael? Just before we go into the music, so you have this time if you need it. I should have asked before. One of you actually has the text of the flood prayer handy. Yes. Okay. And and also, we should mention that you can go to Amazon and you can find t-shirts that say, let the bird fly. Oh, you know what we should make? I was hoping it was a flood prayer We should make a flood prayer t-shirt. We should make a flood prayer t-shirt. That'd be a good Anyone who does that now, we're coming after you for copyright. And also, I played the main topic music for before instead so of the free for music. That's fine. Yeah. So now we're going to do the free for all music, which is going to get people... Listeners, you're about to get amped to talk about the flood prayer. This is exciting. Baptism is exciting. And that brings us to our main topic. And uh, we're going to be talking flood prayer, and I will go ahead and I will throw it out to Michael to kind of lead discussion here because we're we're getting liturgy worship stuff, and uh, and so I'm going to let you two mostly nerd out. I have a I have something to keep me busy. Okay, um, so the flood prayer is a part of um, let's say the baptismal rite. I don't call it Luther's baptismal rite. It's really inherited uh, from the Western Church to him, but uh, in, in some versions of the, of the Book of Concord, 
Uh, there's the baptismal booklet at the end of the small catechism, which I think is a is a really nice read, um, and something that probably gets gets lost in the shuffle a little bit. And uh, like he does with marriage, he says, "This is how I would do a marriage," and he just and he says, "This is how I would do a, a baptismal a baptismal rite if I had to write one." And uh, many years ago, Peter and I went through went through this, uh, and and I did. In, in my in my book, the baptismal life. So, if you are interested in uh, reading that, uh, pick up. Uh, I both uh, Matt and I have the the Kolb Wengert, right? I'm not sure if it's in the Reader's Edition of the Lutheran Confessions or not. If the if the baptismal booklet's in there or not. But anyway, um, you can go there. Uh, my book uh, has some commentary on it. We have a two uh, episode series on on that. I don't know what numbers, but uh, maybe years ago. But I thought just concentrating on the on the flood prayer would be would be kind of cool, um, and so it's part of a bigger a bigger picture here, and that is the rite of baptism, right? And we 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 maintain that uh, it can be very simple baptismal rite. This is it's accessible. Uh, you just need water and these words: "I baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit." And we also maintain that uh, in in cases of emergency, it doesn't matter. Uh, if the person's ordained or not, um, we there's a there's a there's a simplicity to to baptism. It's accessible. It's washing away of sins. The promise of the word that I wash, you know, I baptize you, I wash you, um, uh, and yet there's so much that grows out of it. The concept of adoption and being brought into the family of God, and 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 then uh, Scripture tells us about it. Uh, a death and a resurrection in baptism, uh, uh, being clothed with Christ's righteousness, and so it's it's uh, appropriate that the baptismal rite would bring some of these things in, and so the baptismal rite is not usually in church. Just okay, I baptize you, uh, but there are prayers, readings. There's a liturgy that surrounds it, and at best, that liturgy teaches us something about the right of baptism and even the doctrine of original sin and the means of grace and, and, and the crucifixion and resurrection of Christ. So um, I don't know what, if you want to go, um, Matt, would you, do you want to just read it to us? Yeah. Or do you want to make a comment or should we just read it out loud first? Would that be okay? You know, get it in everybody's head. Yeah, there yeah, you go. I if, can read it. So this it, is Go ahead. Do you want me to go from the hymnal? Or I from think Cole Wengert. Let's do that. That's but, Yeah, okay, yeah. here we go. So this is in the baptismal booklet. Almighty eternal God, who according to your strict judgment condemned the unbelieving world through the flood and according to your great mercy preserved un, or preserved believing Noah and the seven members of his family and who drowned Pharaoh with all his army in the Red Sea and led your people Israel through the same sea on dry ground, thereby prefiguring this bath of your holy baptism, and who, through the baptism of your dear child, our Lord Jesus Christ, hallowed and set apart the Jordan and all water to be a blessed flood and a rich washing away of sins. We ask for the sake of this very same boundless mercy of yours, that you would graciously look upon this child and bless him with true faith in the Holy Spirit, so that through this same saving flood, all that has been born in him from Adam and whatever he has added thereto may be drowned in him and sink, and that he, separated from the number of the unbelieving, may be preserved dry and secure in the holy ark of the Christian church, and may at all times, fervent in spirit and joyful in hope, serve your name, so that with all believers in your promise he may become worthy to attain eternal life. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
So it's, I mean, there's some poetry here, right? There's nice uh, uh, turn of phrases here, but it's also uh, very doctrinally uh, uh, deep here, right? You know, you have original sin, actual sin, and, and all this kind of stuff. Uh, it's so it's it's really a, a fun prayer, right? We call it the flood prayer because uh, that's the first Old Testament reference that he makes, but not the only one, right? He talks mm-hmm. about the Red Sea and the Jordan River um, as well. So when you think of the flood prayer, uh, uh, Matthew, what what comes to mind right away? I always think of the imagery, like the pictures he uses to talk about it. Um, obviously, water is involved in the stories he mentions. Uh, a water that destroys and saves, mm. which is so fitting when you talk about baptism. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes you right to First Peter 3. Um, you know, did the water of the flood destroy or save? Well, it depends which side of it you were on. Yeah, yeah yes, it did both. Um, and, I, you know, as you're thinking about the, the purpose of rites in the church, not just for, you know, rote repetition and kind of mindlessly doing, but the hope is that they actually teach something. Mm. Um, and here, I think, in, you know, whether it's 16th century Germany or 21st century America, Biblical literacy is not always the, the highest mark sure. that it could be. So the, it's a neat way to incorporate basic stories of the of the scriptures into a very present moment. Yeah, I think uh, in, in my this will be the last time that I reference my book, the baptismal life. That this came out of the flood prayer for me was well. Let's start thinking about all the water stories in the Old Testament and in the Bible, mm-hmm. and um, whether they were meant to always be a direct connection to baptism or not. There's, I think, there's there's connections you can make and allusions there. So, for instance, creation, uh, well, what do you have? You have the, 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 the spirit hovering over the waters of the deep, and you have the word of God creating out of nothing. Well, when you bring, uh, you bring someone to the baptismal font, it's the same spirit, it's water, and it's the same powerful creative word, and creates a living faith out of something, out of nothing, out of a dead heart, right? And so... There's those connections, and then and then Luther does that brilliantly by saying, "Okay, let's do the flood, the Red Sea, and then and then the culmination there, I think, is Jesus in the in the in the um, in, in the Jordan River." So um, maybe um, maybe let's go one by one. Let's start with the the flood. How is the flood like baptism? You've already mentioned that uh, the water both destroys um, and saves. What did you mean by that? Like it destroys and saves. Well, um, only eight people sur- yeah. <laughs> survived the flood um, and that because they were in the ark, which God mm-hmm. told Noah to build, and everyone else perished under the mm-hmm. water. So, uh, you know, Luther gets at that in his explanation in the parts of baptism and the small catechism, too, that um, our sinful nature should be drowned every day by daily contrition and repentance and that a new cre- creation should daily arise to live before God in righteousness and purity forever. Um, and so in a very real, tangible way, you used the word accessible before, um, God binds himself to a promise here to fulfill it that in this this act and you're revisiting it every day through contrition and faith uh, in a very real way is is death and life to you. Yes, this is very Romans Romans 6 that it's yeah. it's not about you being uh, reforming yourself to be uh, from going from sinner to, to saint. Uh, there's only thing, one thing you can do with the sinner is he needs to die. Yeah, he, he can't reform killed. it. Yeah. And the same, the same. Uh, it always struck me that the same water that destroyed was the same water that pushed the ark up mm-hmm. above all of the destruction, right? And so, uh, for me, when I'm ba- when I was baptized, it was a violent thing. And and mm-hmm. we're not always very good about uh, talking about the flood and baptism as a violent thing, but it was, 
It's a very violent thing that people um, um, died died here, and it's a very violent thing when I was baptized because my sinful nature was being crucified with Christ, or or the picture of being drowning. I, you can those are two pretty horrific ways to die. Right, yeah. this is a violent thing, and uh, it's always kind of we mention this, but we don't make a huge deal about it. But it's it's good to mention once in a while that when we when we teach the the flood to our children, we usually teach it as a, you know, uh, the ark is a floating zoo and how cute that is. And and when they get older, which is whatever, but when we get older, we have to say, you have to remind them that there was people fighting for the highest ground and people holding their children up as they were being washed away with the, with the, the floods that, that, that contained the wrath of God, right? And how awful, awful this is. And in the same way, when we say, "Hey, baptism," you got the nice dress, you got the cake, or whatever. This is a this is a this is a death and resurrection. It's a it's a it's not just a not a cute thing. It's a violent thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's a you know, cosmically and theologically violent act right. taking place. And right. you know, you think, what do you think when someone's baptized? And yeah. oh, how old is that gown? Yeah. And you know, yeah. uh, for me, six I think six days old. You know, people may be thinking like, wow, you know, for a 10-pound baby, he still looks pretty small. <laughs> but yeah, you know, you like to think at least a few people were, were tracking along to say, hey, right. that kid's dead now. Yeah. And according to the promise of God right. in Christ, he's alive right. again. And, uh, you know, this was this was a, a I, I, I take this, a, a connect this with a story of the widow at Nain. I like to think about the widow at Nain. Jesus was, was, was leading a parade. We were told that his followers were, were coming to Nain and, there's a funeral at Nain, and the funeral procession is coming out of the city to the same city gate, and something had to give. You had two, you had two processions there, and normally you would let the funeral uh, procession go, but Jesus interrupted it with a resurrection. Mm-hmm. And uh, when, when, when a, you know, especially if you think about it, a baby uh, being being paraded up to to the font, this is a parade of death, but it's going to be interrupted with a parade of of life. Something ha- there, there is something. Something happens here, and this is why I think it, it actually is helpful to maintain the exorcisms. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> that, like, this is, either this is a child of the devil or a child of God. You're the form you're There's no neutra- neutrality here. Mm-hmm. The Bible doesn't talk about neutrality there. And so something's got to give at this moment. Something has to give. Either this is a child, uh, this is going to be a child of God, or it's going to be a child of, of, of this world and ultimately of the devil. So it's this event, right? This water event is, uh, uh, is so very, very important. Yeah. Matt, you might not know this, but some days when, when Michael gets upset with me when he's in a bad mood, he actually comes in my office and puts a pinch of salt into my mouth. Yeah. And um, casts the devil out. Does he? Lift your eyelids and blow underneath them. <laughs> he does. Yes. <laughs> Ex Only when he's upset, and I know, I know. Then wait, stop. Because yeah. the salt reminds me. So and sometimes, sometimes I have a salt shaker and I just do this. Like just with a cat, yeah. Like <laughs> that's the it. warning. <laughs> just yeah. shake it. And then I know, like, get behind me, Satan. Yeah, like I got to tell the here. devil, stop well, it. You mentioned the the exorcisms, and the you look at the whole of Luther's baptismal rite, and you got. What you got the the greater and the lesser, the and the lesser. exorcism. You got salt in the ears <laughs> yeah, and on the, yeah. you know the tongue and spittle yeah. on the tongue and blowing under the eyelids and um, I th- it, it, you know just as you were speaking, I glanced over to the effacing page, um, paragraph three in the baptismal booklet. You have to realize that it's no joke at all to take action against the devil. 
and not only to drive him away from the little child, but also to hang around the child's neck, such a mighty lifelong enemy. Yeah. And that kind of says it all, that this is no superfluous thing. <laughs> right. Um, it is taking action against the devil. And this is, we, we are that valuable both to God and the devil that they would war for us. Well, yeah. and the, the connection, I think, in that too, uh, with the sign of the cross, which is a baptismal mm-hmm. thing, mm-hmm. you know, that Luther will say when, when children are frightened, when one mm-hmm. feels tempted, you know, when you're recognizing the work of the devil in the world, that you make the sign of the cross, as, that's a reminder of your baptism. It's not meant to be this superstitious, like this wards this off, mm-hmm. but rather to say, I've been taken from the devil and given yeah, to Christ. You can't have me, right? right. I, be- I belong yeah. to another, yeah. right? And, and, and the sign of the cross is a reminder of that for yourself. Now, to ward off the devil, it's the word of God spoken at the devil, right? Right. You know? And it can have baptismal connections. Which again, yeah. your baptism is just that. It's yeah. it's the it's the promise, right? right? The the water was normal water, but yeah. the the promise of God that's given to you. That's what you're throwing at the devil yeah. when you remember it. Is is that promise of God? And the, just to wrap up the flood thing, I mean, we could talk a while for the flood, but we should keep moving. But the the we talk about the Old Testament uh, sacraments in a way, right? Uh, to to broaden that uh, definition to say God often had a sign in the Old Testament that was connected to a promise, not the same as a, a means of grace in the New Testament, but circumcision, but also the rainbow at the flood, right? There's a, there's a promise there that he would never do this again. And, and, and I take that in baptism, right, a, a promise that I would not be destroyed, right? I'm not going to, to go through the judgment and the wrath of God because I have the righteousness of Christ now, and that's, that's a seal, Right, that's a seal. Like that rainbow is a seal. So baptism is not only a means of grace, but a sealed promise on me. Uh, at the end of the prayer, he talks about the the holy ark of Christendom. Yeah, he doubles back. Yeah, oh, I kind of like that. Um, uh, what do you think he means? What 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 what, we, what is he after there with the the ark of Christendom? Like probably not the right terminology today. Sounds a little. Uh, I was. Uh, uh, but the ark of the church. I'm not. Gonna, yeah, I'm not going to steal the thunder here, but I I used that illustration recently when I was teaching. Bible study at my home church, and I was teaching Genesis 6. And so I said, well, look at the roof. And yeah. we need to build a new church where I'm at. But, like, so it's not ideal. It, some churches look much better, but you look and you go, it looks like a boat, and you say, well, what branch of the armed services has boats? And then they say Navy, and then... And I was talking about the Ark, and one guy came up... the Navy, you're in the yeah, Navy, yeah. And one guy came up after, who was very well-meaning, and, and God bless him, and God loves him, and I love him. Mm-hmm. But he must have, like... He's been in Kentucky to the museum or something. I don't know. He's like, well, actually, the ark was more a basket than a boat. And I conceded. I said, it, that that may well be, but I'm still going to use illustration. Yeah. Right? I'm still going to use it because I like it. Right? It's yeah, helpful. Yeah. So I'll, I think I'll let you guys unpack it, but I think this is a helpful thing that I used to teach my people when I was in the parish, that when you come into church on Sunday and you see the font up, hopefully it's not hidden, um, and you see the font up front, and then you look up and you can think this, but go ahead, you guys, with yeah. that. But just remember, if you be careful how you use this, because I may have to jump in and say it was more like a basket. Because to be fair, sure. the, term, was, the term is used for Noah, the basket Noah's that the basket. Moses, Moses is. is yeah. Yeah. So yeah. It, a big I, floating box. I'm not saying this person did not have biblical warrant for what he was saying. Yes. Okay. I'm just saying I refuse to give up the illustration. It works for your illustration, so yes. that, that, yeah. that has a good... Amount of precedence. It's still a boat. Yeah. yeah. Something that floated. Floated. How about that? Whatever. Floated. We don't say whatever floats your basket. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. Yeah. Maybe we Put should. it on a t-shirt. <laughs> um, 
Well, no, I, I that part in the flood prayer every time I would use it in, in a baptism that that was part of the one of the parts where I would kind of get choked up a little yeah. bit, you know, to think about you know especially as you're baptizing your own children, what a, a privilege and blessing it is, but to think about this one now connected to Christ's death and resurrection, and you're thinking that they're now incorporated into something so much bigger than themselves, and asking God's continued blessing that they would stay dry and safe in the holy ark of Christendom as they kind of float. Yeah. their way along through a world that is full of death and destruction. Yeah, you're, you're, you're safe from the chaos. And, and for us, it's very difficult. There's a few things that, well, there's quite a few things that we don't quite grasp because we live in a modern world, like the whole light and darkness thing, right? Like we, you just flip on a switch, right? Living in darkness was a big thing. I think another one was the sea was a very scary, chaotic place. We can fly over it, right? Um, but, but, the, especially if you were living in Israel where you're close to the sea, I would imagine that quite a few of the bedtime nightmare stories had to do with creatures from the sea. Yeah. Um, and so the sea is a dangerous, chaotic place, as is this world. And uh, the, the, the boat's going to get bounced around a little bit, right? If you see mm-hmm. these pictures of big barges or big boats on you know, the North Atlantic, I mean... My goodness, how they get tossed around and yeah. still float. It's not easy for the church, but you're safe and dry in the holy ark mm-hmm. of the church. And uh, th- there's something, baptism being the initiation into this boat, um, you know, you see that all, everywhere. And and even Jesus on the Sea of Galilee, right? Yeah, and, he walked on water for a reason. <laughs> and and safe in the, you know, there's there's just, there's a picture of the boat. And some, some of these analogies get kind of mixed up, you know, like the, the fish uh, being a picture of, of, of the Christian brought into the net and safe in the boat, um, which always bothered me because I'm like, well, then the, the fish are dead in the boat. <laughs> you know, like, but they're caught. But they're caught. they're caught. So that was that was the point. You're like, okay, that analogy stops there, Mike. You have to use another one. Um, but that, that boat language is is very powerful. And, and living in the Midwest, right? doesn't hit home like it would be if you were um, a part of a, a, a family of fishermen in, in Maine or whatever, right? So that 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 picture I think is beautiful. And we sh- we sh- before we go further, the number eight, right? The number eight has a sense of eternity, right? Um, total seven, the number of totality. Uh, um, the the problem with our seven day work week is there's always a Monday. We never quite get to that elusive eighth day, and so. That would be a great T-shirt, by the way. There's always a Monday. There's always a Monday. There's always a stinking Monday. And someone would think that it was like a workshop, but then you you make it a baptismal shirt. Yeah, that's You're right. You put an octagon on there. That's right. Yeah. Sorry. So, the the number eight boys um, circumcised on the eighth day also a connection to baptism circumcision. Mm-hmm. Jesus being resurrected on not just the first day but the eighth day, the octave of Easter, uh, also connected to baptism. And then and then Peter makes a point. Which seems like in a very short letter, you know, he's not, he's not, uh, he's, he's judicious with his words, makes a point to say there was eight people in the ark. Mm-hmm. Like, why do I need to know that, <laughs> right? Um, well, I, I think it's it's a beautiful connection there to to eternity, and uh, baptismal fonts often have eight sides. Mm-hmm. You have this octagon, so there, there's a beautiful picture there. Um, I don't like this translation. I'm sure this was this was directly from from Luther, where he says. 
and seven members of his family. I like, and believe in Noah, eight in all. Eight or, persons yeah, in all, yeah. 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 Um, for, from First Peter, there is it's a little bit better, but. Yeah. I think, yeah, and that's a good, I, the whole number eight thing, that's a fun thing to play with. And in relation to baptism, you talk about the eighth day being the eternal day and the new creation and all this. Yeah. Um, and by virtue of your baptism into Christ's death and resurrection, you're, you're already there. You know, you're a partaker of it, yet living with a foot in this world too. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd like to make a big deal about that with uh, teaching the third commandment too, that the eternal, then connecting that to Hebrews, the eternal Sabbath rest, that, that's, that, that's the eight. Right, you, you, you. Saturday is the seventh Sabbath day. You, you can't. You always got to go back to work. You can't. You can't quite get your eternal sabbatical. Not that you're resting all the time, but that you're doing something away from the 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 burdens of work. Yeah. All right. How about the Red Sea? I like the Red Sea too. A water that destroys and saves. Yeah. Yeah. If and you will. I like the uh, picture of. So uh, Moses has convinced the Pharaoh, uh, finally, okay, let your let the people go, and so they head out. They head out, uh, going east, uh, but they really don't have anywhere to go. If you think about it, they're trapped. They, they they're not seafaring people. They can't go to the Mediterranean Sea. South is the wrong direction and rough terrain. They can't go east because of the Red Sea. They can't go northeast because we're told the Philistines are there, mm-hmm. Philistine army. They certainly can't go west back to Egypt and. The Pharaoh has already changed his mind and set the charioteers after him. And so they're quite literally trapped. They need, they need a miracle. They need a water miracle. And they get one through the, through the Red Sea. And I, I find that you're, you're born sinful. You're trapped. You have nowhere to go. Um, and the devil and his charioteers are after you. you. You need a miracle. You need a water miracle. And I think St. Paul's saying, Christians were baptized into Christ and, and the Israelites were baptized into Moses as their leader helps me make that connection. And even to take it further, right, that uh, now, now, you're, now you have this wilderness life, of mm-hmm. trial and tribulation, until you cross Jordan, which is um, the picture of, of going from this world to the next. And Joshua gets you there, not Moses. And right. Joshua, who's? Yeshua. Yeshua, Salvation, who's Jesus. Right. Yeah. yeah, I... Uh, Mike, I... Why are you laughing? You're looking at me and I'm smiling. So you're interested, I'll explain. You want to give me 30 minutes to read something about the rivalry game on Saturday that I think you'll find humorous? Yes. Okay. It's Michigan, Michigan State. MSU subreddit. Y'all, couch burning ain't it. Heard some houses have couches pre-delivered before the game. (laughs) Couch burning is for when we eke out a win against a great team, perhaps in a comeback style, or when the refs screw us on the last play and we lose to a big opponent. It isn't forgetting, this is all caps, it isn't for getting stomped by our rival when they're having a good year and we're struggling. Get it right. First comment. Okay, but what if we win? Original posters reply, big if this year, but yes, then it would be reasonable. <laughs> I love the You the referenced ethics, couch burning earlier, so that's why I wanted to bring it back. Couch, couch burning. There's the an etiquette to it, I imagine. And so, yes. It's, this is an academic institution. These are thoughtful students. Right. They don't, this is not capricious. Yeah. This is a Big Ten University. Sorry, go back to baptism. They by ordered the, couches beforehand for, yeah. with the intent of burning them. By, but by, I thought you would like that, yes. Yeah. By the way, I, uh, you know, we have a rivalry trophy between Jason and I, the little brown jug, and between uh, Wade and I, the, the Paul Bunyan trophy. There is no trophy currently between Minnesota and uh, Michigan State. And I wanted to do this, and I, I dropped the ball on this, but I wanted to build a mini couch with flames on it <laughs> as the trophy between... Between well, that, you two, but we don't burn couches after the Minnesota game. I know that's it, but I just they're I not to, on our radar. I like need that. to come. I need to come up with something 
so that you guys can have a trophy. I just, I don't think that was in the podcast you mentioned it, but you, it must have been right before the podcast that he referenced couch burning. Yes. I saw that. I got distracted. You have to go pretty soon. You got a few minutes. Continue your baptism stuff. Yeah. I'm going to go back to not talking. Okay. I have a student meeting, so you could, you two are going to have to wrap, wrap this up. I'm, 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 I apologize. You have four minutes. I, I apologize for not planning ahead very well. Um, I didn't think we'd go 22 minutes on T-shirts. We can go a few so, more. Well, that included the intro, to be this fair. Okay. So, uh, yeah, the, the Joshua thing, right? Which, by the way, in, the, in the, the church here, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day, depending on the, the name of Jesus and the circumcision of, of, of our Lord, both have baptismal overtones, right? A naming, I put my name on you. That was a powerful thing. Um, I put the name of Father, Son, and Spirit on you. you you're adopted into this family. Um, circumcision, right? The, Paul makes the connection to baptism there as well. Um, and and then, so New Year's Eve preaching doesn't have to be about, hey, here's your resolution. God's yeah. got a resolution, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But there's there's naming, circumcision, baptism, and I think it gets all wrapped up in the naming of 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 Jesus as Yeshua, Joshua, God saves. Moses, the lawgiver, does not get to go into the promised land, but but you do. And and maybe one final thought on that whole that whole picture is if you get old enough, you will become infantile again. And that's good for you because mm-hmm. it's uh, a childlike faith and you and you cling to that water baptism as you cross another body of water, Jordan. All right, we're at two minutes. Michael, would you like to give our guest the last word? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anything you guys can keep going. What else do you want to talk about here? Well, I can just leave. Can I be honest? Yeah? I've been rather distracted. <laughs> and I feel like I would not. You're not doing it. Yeah. I would right. be. Uh, do you want to know how it would end if you leave? Yeah. So uh, so baptism, <laughs> uh, that's something, huh, Matt? It is well, something. Well, give, give us, give us from, from what we have not talked about in the flood prayer, What uh, you go, go ahead and, and, and finish it off. All the imagery that you've referenced, both in the flood prayer and elsewhere in Scripture, when they talk about baptism in terms of um, being brought through the Red Sea, being born, being adopted, being on the ark, um, dying and rising, it's it's fun to point out that, you know, if you're thinking about defending the thought of infant baptism, like what which of these things wouldn't be possible for an infant? You know, could an infant have been brought through the Red Sea? Yes. Could an infant be on the ark? Sure. Could an infant be adopted? Yes dead and alive only as much as any of us can in Christ. But it's a wonderful thing, a promise for everyone, for you and your children, as Peter says in Acts. Yeah, it's almost like uh, like baptism is about letting the bird fly. fly. Another round, another round, another round, one more round, won't get me down.